We've been talking about how the kingdom of God is so different than the world. Uh, that the first thing Jesus preached, the first thing he, he preached publicly was repent or change how you think for the kingdom has come. If you're visiting with us this morning, you haven't been part of that series. Uh, part of it is identifying that as we're transformed by kingdom values, Jesus said this gospel of the kingdom will be preached into all the world. As we're transformed, we're more aligned with God and we see more of his glory manifest and poured out in and through us. And so we want to see greater and greater outpouring of his glory, not only for us, but for our city. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, uh, Paul writing says, I've shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak, remember the words of the Lord, that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. For me, that scripture probably identifies the difference between the world and the kingdom as much as anything. It's totally different. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Blessed means happy and to be envied. Happy. We're happy when we give. We're to be envied. When we give, as a young person, I thought that wasn't true. <laughs> I struggled with this. Mary and I were missionaries. We were in a different model than we are now, and we sent letters to people who supported us. And if they didn't give, we didn't eat. And so from my perspective, receiving was much more better <laughs> than giving because I meant I got to eat. I like to eat. I was, thank you. <laughs> it took a long time for me to see this differently. It took a long time of God working with us. It took a long time of God teaching us. It took a long time for me to see his pattern in the Bible. Yes, I'm going to talk about kingdom finances. Da, da, da. I know that for many, that makes you uncomfortable. So why would I do that? Acts 20, where we were, just a couple verses before in verse 27, says, For I have not shunned or avoided to declare to you the whole counsel of God. There's over 2,000 scriptures about money. If we refuse to talk about that, then we're actually avoiding a big part of the counsel of God. The kingdom is different. Someone once said that uh, the four things that the world talks about most, people in the world, is politics, sports, money, and sex. They said those are the things the church never talks about. So I really wish I were talking about sex today. <laughs> but uh, no. thing is, we need the whole counsel of God. That's why it took me so long to come to an understanding of that scripture. Because all I ever heard was part of God's counsel, a part of his pattern. 
I heard little bits and pieces, and it didn't quite come together. It wasn't until I had the whole picture that I came to the place of the joy of giving. I had to title a sermon. I almost never do that, but this one I would call the joy of giving. That's where we're aiming. Let me say, even in that process, when I only knew part, God was faithful. Always faithful. And if I were very pragmatic from the standpoint of, do I have what I need? Does it work? Does this part that I have work? I would have said, I have everything I need because it worked, because God's faithful. But that's not the whole truth. I had a part. His faithfulness was making up for my lack of understanding. He was faithful, but I wasn't joyful. (laughs) I know that I'm probably preaching to the choir today. Let me say one more thing before I get into this. We are not in need as a church. We have an abundance. We have everything we need. I'm not preaching because I want you to give more. We're not going to take an offering at the end. We're not going to put you under pressure. But I want for you to see something bigger. As I was praying this week, I've been working on this for literally about nine or ten months. And uh, I kept putting it off, and I really felt constrained by the Holy Spirit this week. And as I was praying, I realized that Hebrews talks about we're part of an unshakable kingdom, but that everything else is shakable and is being shaken. And I just felt something of God that we need to understand his kingdom pattern regarding money and finances as everything begins to shake more and more and more. Thing is that God's picture is probably going to take us five weeks. It's going to be five parts. You're only going to get the introduction today. So if you really are uncomfortable, don't come back next week. (laughs) Wait until November. (laughs) Did a pastor actually say that? (laughs) Delete that part from the tape, will you? Uh, Turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. The heart of the matter is that giving is really not about money. Matthew 10, verse 7. As you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Over in Matthew 18, from verse 23, Jesus tells the, uh, the parable, there was a, a kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, one was brought to him, owing him 10,000 talents. But he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out, 
found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet, begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I'll pay you. But he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. And the master, after he had called him, said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you also, should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? The heart of the matter is that we've received grace so we can give grace. We've received forgiveness so we can receive we can give forgiveness. The whole concept of kingdom finances is rooted in the love of God. John 3.16, for God so loved, he gave. Matthew 18 tells us that he expects that his DNA becomes our DNA. That we have the same heart because we've been forgiven. Jack Hayford once said, forgotten grace leads to unforgiving living. I don't really usually like those rhyming things, but I thought that was a good one. Forgotten grace leads to unforgiving living. So one of the keys of the kingdom is giving. We've been talking about keys of the kingdom. Uh, one of the keys of the kingdom is humility unlocks grace. Well, I want you to understand that giving unlocks a whole lot. Turn with me to uh, Luke chapter 6. As much as possible, I'm going to ask you over the next few weeks to put aside everything you've been taught about kingdom finances. And let us start over. Okay? I know that's difficult. But some of you are already jumping ahead in your mind. He's going to say this. He's going to say that. Because that's what I did for years. You're no different than I am. Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Jesus talking about the kingdom says, Judge not... And you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Then it goes from negative to positive. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, uh, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Interesting. He says, don't judge, don't condemn, forgive, and then give. And then he adds this qualification. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, it will be given to you. It doesn't say anything about money. Uh-oh. Doesn't say anything about tithes and offerings. I was reading that earlier this year. I said, why? In my thinking, do I always think that this was about money? 
And then I realized, because that was the context that I always heard it in. It was a tithes and offerings talk. If you will give into this offering, then God will give to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It doesn't say anything about money. It's talking about a, something totally different. It's talking about something bigger. So here's the point, the introduction to the whole thing. Giving is really about a heart of gratitude and generosity in all things. If you don't have a heart of gratitude and generosity, it doesn't matter what you put in the offering. There's something that God wants to do with our heart. In Matthew chapter 6. You've read this before. But it says this. Verse 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You've probably heard it said, God's not after your money, and that's true. But he is after your heart. And there's something in the context of recognizing, I have been forgiven much. I have an obligation to forgive. I've received grace. I have an ob obligation to give it. There's a heart attitude of gratitude that says, God has provided for me. Who am I to become stingy and hold on? Freely you've received. Freely give. I think what we need to see is that generosity represents God and his kingdom. We're talking about thinking differently. We're talking about kingdom values. Generosity represents God and his kingdom. He's a generous God. Yeah, we are going to deal with what the Bible says about money in the next few weeks. But let me tell you, if you don't get the first part... Every week is built on what goes before it. And too often we enter third and fourth part down the line. We talk about tithes and offerings. But if you haven't dealt with this, then that makes no sense. So how do we get there? We're going to deal with the next four parts. The first, and probably most important, you're going to get next week. But I'm going to give you a hint. That is that God is your source. We already have seen that because we've received forgiveness. We've received grace. We've received goodness. There's something of gratitude for what he's done. How easy it is for us to get away from that and get focused on what we don't have or focus on what could be better rather than what God has already done. So what does that mean for us today? I'm going to give you a, a free pass today. I don't really expect anything to change. 
until you get the whole picture. It would be foolish to give you an introduction and then expect you to do something with it, right? You've got to have the whole picture. You don't know enough yet. Because you just erased it and you just started over. You only got the, the beginning. Uh, so this is really a series about patience. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Suspense. We can't really expect change, but what we can is we can ask God to give us an open heart to what he has to say. See, we need to understand that we're all in a process or a journey of learning and changing. People are different places along that journey. Some of you have come a long way. Some of you are just starting. But we have to have patience with each other. Well, let me say this. We've got to be careful that while we're on that journey, we don't camp in one place and then refuse to grow and change. I've got it. See, when I was a young person, I thought I had it regarding finances because it was working. And I was eating. Hallelujah. I'm still alive. I thought I had it. And it would have been very easy to camp there and say, that's all I need to know. But I had to be honest enough to realize when I looked at it's more blessed to give than, than to receive, I wasn't actually joyful. I had learned something about tithes and offerings very legalistically. I've been very diligent to do that my whole life. And I thought that was the answer. And the reason that I have all this is because I followed the pattern and I'm giving, so God's giving to me. And he had to actually shake that up. But it would have never happened had I camped on that and said, I'm not going to hear anything else. I'm not going to read anything else. I'm not going to be honest enough to say, yeah, God, I see that, but I don't really have joy in this. To me, I give the minimum when I was young, I followed the letter of the law. But I have to admit, I didn't really have a heart of generosity. Problem is, I had to realize that I probably didn't have a heart of gratitude either. Okay, we're getting serious. We uh, do a song once in a while, and we're going to just now. And it's a thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. You could think, because it starts with, I was a wretch. I remember who I was. See, I've been changed. Why do I want to go back there? Because I need to remember the grace of God and the forgiveness of God that I receive so I don't forget that and become ungrateful. I'm still receiving the grace of God. I'm still seeing the grace of God. But sometimes we just need to be reminded. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to actually share communion together. If there's anything that probably is designed to remind us the price that he paid, the fact that he chose us for 
relationship, to come into covenant with him. It's communion. But before we share communion, we're going to sing this song, and then we're going to break and have communion. Uh, so I'm going to ask the, the team to come. They already have. Okay. You guys are quick. Good team. And I'm going to ask you, if you would, to stand. And just be reminded of what he's done for you. Because that heart attitude of gratitude and generosity comes from recognizing what he's done. It doesn't come from recognizing what we've done. It doesn't come from thinking, I'm so spiritual if I give. I'm so, it just comes from a heart that's overflowing, that's running over. And then you're going to give grace. Then you're going to give uh, acceptance and love. You're going to give forgiveness, if we remember. Just uh, in case you're fearful, I'm going to shut my mic off while we sing so that uh, you'll be happier. I don't want to sound weird. I am. I just don't want to sound weird. But I'm constantly thanking God for blessing. Almost every time I get in my car, I thank God that I have a car to drive. Every time I drive up to our house, I thank God for the house that we have. I thank God for his provision. I thank God for his grace. I get overwhelmed when we worship because I'm just constantly reminded. I thank God for what he's done in my life. The incredible wife that he's blessed me with. With a cool jumpsuit. I thought you were talking about mine. No. <laughs> bow your head just take a moment and thank God just thank him for his love for you he pursued you you didn't pursue him he pursued you and he still is we love him because he first loved us Lord, we just stand again humbled and amazed that while we were still sinners, you pursued us and that you've redeemed us and that you love us and that you enter into covenant with us. And as we take this, this cracker that represents your blood, we recognize the price you paid and this cup that represents your blood, the blood of the new covenant, we rep recognize the desire that you have for that intimacy, just like a marriage, that you can pour your love upon us. You showed your love, but then you poured upon us, that we can actually come boldly to your throne of grace and receive grace to help. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your body that was broken for us.
As we receive this, we remember again. Amen. Go ahead and take that. we thank you for your blood and that new covenant and as often as we take this we do it in remembrance of you